Happy New Year! Welcome to the first episode of our podcast. I'm Camilla, a final year government student at LSE. And I'm Tosin, and I'm a final year law student at LSE. Um, so we decided to start this podcast because we've been getting a lot of questions throughout our years here about our journey into university, um, some of the extracurricular activities that we've been getting up to, travelling. Yeah, how we basically like juggle our time and uh, since like the journey's kind of coming to an end we thought we'd basically like record some yeah. sort of archives of um, our time here. Yeah, and tips for you guys that are coming into it and we're both also mentors for students as well so this will be super useful for them to hear from us. Yeah. So our first podcast is going to be about our journey into university and our first year. So I actually did A-levels at the time when it was AS and A2. So in my AS results, I got A, B, B, C, and I had to drop the B, which was in biology, and had to get A, B, C up to A star A, A in A2, which, as you can imagine, was a bit of a nightmare. Um, so I still went ahead and applied for LSC and a few other top universities to study law um, and I literally begged my teachers to increase my predictions um, up to A star AA so I would actually stand a chance getting offered a place at these universities and this is something I continuously stress to students (laughs) ensure that you're begging your teachers don't just give don't just take what you're handed in terms of predictions because it is your future. Um, So anyway, I had to retake a couple of my AS exams and eventually I got the grades. Um, Obviously, there's a lot more detail and hard work that went into that that Mm. I'm sure me and Camilla can sort of go into a bit more in terms of revision strategy and that sort of thing. Um, And in regards to my personal statement, I had like this group that I was part of at my school. So all the people that were applying for like top universities, medicine, that sort of thing, we'd all meet up every week and literally grill each other's personal statements for around a month. And that really, really helped with my writing and inspired me to create higher. Um, and yeah, I eventually got the grades quite surprisingly to some, especially getting a C up to an A at A level. Um, That's really good. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, so mine's a bit different. So you had a little bit of a moment at AS. Mine actually happened at A2. So everything was fine. I got like four A's and like one C at my AS level. So applying for um, university and getting the right personal statement wasn't too difficult. So the way my personal statement worked is that an external person who'd done applications for like Oxbridge, you know, LSE, like top universities would come in and like he would help us weekly about our personal statement over the summer. And then that means they were ready to be sent off by like early September, mm. early October and as a batch of people. So all was going well, you know, I thought everything was going fine. And then um, out on results day, when I opened my UCAS personal, whatever that page is, I found out that I didn't get into LSE, <laughs> which was very sad. And then my school called like a meeting and we found out that basically I did history. So, oh, I didn't even mention what I did. I did history, economics and politics as my A2s. And we found out that... Um, our history grades had been dropped by one to two grades because for the first time in 20 years, it had to be my year. The mark, the external examiners believed that our one, the samples that they got for the history coursework had been overmarked. Mm. So everyone's grade dropped. So it took way too long to like resolve the issue for me to be able to enter university um, that specific year. So I wasn't able to go to university when I wanted to. 
and then like after I had to reapply and after a year later it was all fixed and um yeah so I took a gap year and I eventually <laughs> ended up at university but I think it just goes to show that like everyone has their own separate journeys into this place and we're all here we're doing well we're in our final year now so don't be disheartened if the process wasn't the same as your friend. I totally like agree with Tossin, like it's not that bad. And now, um, should we talk about how we met and like our journey to yeah. coming to university? Yeah. So before the summer, well, in the summer before first year, um, there's this organization called Rare, which basically is set up to help ethnic minorities access like top employment, um, just yeah, just top employment in general. And they organise this really cool thing called Uni Start. And what Uni Start is, it gets students who are about to go to top universities together to meet before they actually enter university. So um, that's where me and Tosin met. Yeah. <laughs> a very interesting day. I like got into so it was organised like I think Clifford Chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was at Clifford Chance in Canary Wharf. Um, and we just had the opportunity to network with other students who were going to top universities as well, other black students. Yeah. Um, so we literally made like a group chat off of that, didn't we? So yeah. we, we literally knew most of the black people that were going yeah. to LSE that year, which, you know, that was a comfort thing as well, yeah. you know, having friends before coming in. No, definitely. It's very interesting. Like, I look back on that day, like, I actually probably remember the first time we met. Yeah. <laughs> Softy. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But yeah, so that's how we met and that's how we were able to form like eventually form friendship group. So when we met that week we knew we were going to Freshers it was a week before Freshers Week. Yeah. And um, I already Tossin, had some events yeah. lined up because I was too excited to go to university. I had every rave in London on my phone, ticket sorted. So um I mean I don't know if I recommend that because some of the that we didn't plan to. out to be the best when you when you're in london like you you just have to adapt yeah no definitely so basically we i was very like skept- is it skeptical, skeptical about freshers week because i just assumed that because we were in london because it was a top university like freshers week would be really bad but then mm. obviously Tosin had planned some stuff so we did go to some of those stuff not all of them were very good but it, i think it was definitely good that it encouraged us to push ourselves out there Mm. and just like just go out and just make the most of it however the downside to it is that we didn't go to any of our university events that's true yeah that's true which i don't know if like that's the reason why we don't maybe we don't have that many friends like (laughs) 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 we don't we don't have a big social group of people at university um like one thing that we always talk about us kind of regretting is not getting involved in like the athletics union and yeah. that sort of thing because there's more of a community feel mm. especially if you go to a university that doesn't have a campus it can be very lonely like you don't I was even in intercollegiate halls so I was with students from UCL Kings Royal Academy of Music you was at LSE halls right yeah so I didn't get that much of an opportunity to mm. make friends at LSE so yeah, you have yeah. to you have to make that personal effort to yeah, immerse no, definitely. yourself. Yeah, definitely. Like definitely, like immerse yourself socially is probably something that I regret not doing. I just like even though I was at LSE at an LSE hall, I knew someone who was we picked to go to the same hall together. So initially, I was like kind of stuck with that, like not stuck with them, but like I stuck with them. Like we just hung out together. But also, I just like didn't really make the most out of it socially. So the, when you're at um, university hall. The halls also organise things to go to, things mm. to do together. And I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got my own plans, which I guess was a detriment to my social life. Um, and then should we speak a bit about, like, managing the workload 
mm-hmm. at university. Oh god! <laughs> in in my first, first week. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay, so if you go to a top university, um, entering a top university, especially if you don't come from a certain background, not yeah, to make any type of separation, but sometimes you can feel like you don't do deserve to be there or that you don't belong there and that's definitely how I felt for like the first month maybe even my first year at university um workload wise I remember being told to read a case as a law student and it was like 30 pages long and I literally didn't even understand a word of like the first paragraph like I literally read the same sentence like four times and I had these friends who were you know flying through it and that was very very Mm. disheartening yeah, no, like, literally, I completely agree with that. I remember, like, doing a reading, and it would take me so long to do reading because, like, I'd literally have to be Googling every word that I was reading. And I was just really finding it difficult and, like, difficult in a way that I'd never experienced before because I feel like I found, I've always found things difficult, but I was able to push through it. And then one of my friends that I used to read with who did my course suggested that I might have dyslexia and I should like try and like go like get tested for it and I actually did and I did find it I found out that I actually do have dyslexia and I think that also highlights how like people coming from different backgrounds Mm. are are, like hindered by different things because how it's very like it's interesting that no one or no school yeah like no school has been able to pick up on the fact that I have dyslexia which um, just made things a bit more difficult for me. But obviously, mm-hmm. I've, like, been able to push through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, in terms of reading, that's definitely... Especially a university like LSE, mm. where you're doing, like, very qualitative subjects most of the time. The reading load is, is something that you need to adjust to. Um, and it just comes down to, like, splitting up your time, splitting up the yeah. readings. I would, like, for example, I what <laughs> I do is I have a... My, so you've got your normal timetable, and I basically do my own timetable of reading where I try to do a maximum of like two to three readings a day and making sure that I'm reading before my classes like I've spoken to some students and they didn't know that they had to read either before their classes or like they were actually meant to actively participate there was a guy actually in my economic history outside module this year um and he said in his first year in the first month he didn't know that Moodle existed. So what? he was coming to no, classes that... and listening to everyone talking about the reading, thinking that they were, like, super That's intelligent. Not... And he, he no, said he I went into like, depression. Someone, was, someone told me about Moodle in my first week. I didn't really understand mm. where you're supposed to get... Like, I didn't know about Moodle either. They don't really tell no one even you this you. stuff. It's, it's very, very independent. Especially University yeah. like LSE. I was definitely warned I beforehand did not know, yeah. if you are out here on 100%. your own. 100%. That's so yeah. true. Like, no one actually, like, gives you, like... There's no guideline. Yeah. <laughs> There's no guideline. You no. just like figure it out by yourself. And my course had reading during Freshers Week. Like my, I had to read for my classes in the first week, mm. which was just like, wow, I feel so behind. Like I just felt like I was mm. already behind. But hundred percent make sure you read before your classes and don't try to be strategic about it because you're gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna do this topic. I'm not gonna do that topic. Oh, like, yeah. And like, I would say stage strategicness for like the second year when yeah, you know like when you know how things. the system works. In the first year, really immerse yourself into your courses. Like not, yeah, really immerse yourself into your courses because they really provide a good basic, a good basis for the things that are going to happen later. Especially, I would say like for example, with a subject like government, like we do a lot of theory, we do a lot of like cases, um, not cases, but like a lot of um empirical you get a lot of empirical evidence in the first year and they're really useful for as you go because it's like oh this theory is mentioned this uh, you know writers mentioned and you kind of already know about it so your first year is like 
formulated to get really give you yeah, a good basis a good foundation, a good foundation and for yeah. law, your first year doesn't count because they understand that like you're still trying to adjust to everything mm. so just use it as an opportunity to one enjoy being able to not have your grades count yeah and yeah immerse yourself as well as yeah. take it kind of serious because it's a good foundation especially when it comes to applying for stuff which we're going to talk about also in a bit yeah and also another advice is like find a second year mm, or anyone Make, yeah older anyone that's older through it that's been through it but not only that i mean find a second year in your course mm. because then you can kind of get an a bit of advice on like what modules to do, and also they can give you notes. Yeah. Notes. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. a shout. Exam notes are very, very useful. Um, so we're now going to talk about, like, studying and working and doing extracurricular activities at the same time. So both me and Stottin have, like, worked throughout a whole degree. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of discourage you to do it, but, like, if you need the money, you should. <laughs> I mean, we both, like money yeah um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and me personally i've been working since i was 16 so even when i was in sixth form i was working alongside yeah no studies. basically yeah, yeah. Just as well like i've worked throughout my whole study yeah so, so this it's, is just, nothing. it's just nothing new <laughs> yeah. um some people they do try to discourage you and tell you like how do you handle that how are you gonna handle that whatever but just know that if you could just know yourself and what you're capable of mm. um I'll just run through, like, what I was doing. So, in my first year, I was working at my university. University jobs are shut because they pay well. Um, And I also worked at Harrods during, like, the Christmas temp period. And in my second year, and I was working at, like, a physiotherapy and Pilates studio as a receptionist. And now I'm back to working at my university part-time. Yeah. So, in my first... So, um, I took a gap year. And in my gap year, I was working full-time... Well, full-slash-part-time for a charity doing work in um, schools, so running, like, educational programmes. So I was lucky that I was able to continue that part-time in my first year. Then in my second year, I was working for a recruitment company, doing research for them around, like, diversity. And now I work for universities. So I work for LSE, but I also have a job working, doing account, like, not account, admin for, like, a energy company. Okay, so let's talk about extracurricular activities. What okay. type of extracurricular activities did you do? Okay, so in first year, I was in the Fashion Society and I modelled for their annual fashion show, which was really cool. In second year, I was the creative officer of the African Caribbean Society. So, like, planned the annual show, A Blaze, which is like an annual culture show that we do, as well as other like ad hoc events here and there. Um, and in my final year, um, kind of just dedicating a lot of my time to hire, working, uni. Um, I'm going to be in the fashion show again, which is going to be next week, actually. Um, and travelling. Yeah. Some of you might know me and Camilla like to travel a lot. Yeah, so I haven't really done that many extracurricular activities. So in my first year, I was on the LSC 100 student representative body. <laughs> If, if you, you know what LSE 100 is, then you know. <laughs> yeah. And you know Camilla's a Kino. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. Um, and then in my second year, I was the sponsorship officer for the ACS as well. So did that for a year. In my third year, I don't think I'm going to take up any extracurricular activities. But yeah, I agree, I agree with Tosin. Like, um, travelling has been my main extracurricular yeah. activity Like since first year. like just travelled a lot during term time. 
Yeah. So it seems that we've come to the end of this episode of the podcast. Um, our next episode is going to be about one of our student trips and how to do it on a budget. Yeah, so that should be like next month, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening and um, have a happy new year. Yeah, have a happy new year.